0: Alright, welcome back, welcome back. In case you missed it, before we start, we got to talk about this crazy Ike Runner story. Did you catch this one before there in the uh, the pregame?
1: I didn't see it during the pregame. I had seen it pop up on my phone earlier today. It was a little bit of a crazy day, so I never read the article, but you were talking about it, and then they talked about it later on in the game.
0: Oh, same. So um, I kind of turned on the pregame just in the last couple of minutes of it to see the end. And they, I kind of could put two and two together of what had happened, but I didn't know the whole story. So I read the article in the athletic from CJ and what a wild story. So these two teams prestige worldwide and the Jager bombs, like couldn't be more of a random ass league. These guys are playing uh, on one of the ranks at, I guess the Leafs practice arena. Can you just rent this? This is a thing.
1: I can I, I've never looked into it, but I think you could rent the MasterCard Center.
0: Yeah, I guess these guys must have had like a, a tournament or something going on. So anyway, Ike shows up and he, he says he mentions, um, he said he mentioned, he mentions seeing that all the players' cars were there, so they must have just finished practice and that the ice was all nice, as though it had been Zambonied properly and everything. So they were still in the building, they hadn't left yet, and a freak accident, Skate comes up and slices his throat and within a minute, it's like the entire Leafs medical staff is there helping him and, and literally saved this guy's life. Like who knows what could have happened otherwise if they had relied on, you know, first response time to like get an ambulance over there. The guy could have bled out. Like that's wild.
1: Oh yeah. It's, it, it really makes you think. And the fact that, you know, the game's been around for well over a hundred years and we're only really seeing these types of injuries lately. Like the first one I ever recall seeing, obviously there was cuts, but there was never anything severe until Clint Um, And then, you know, we had a really good run after that, right up till Zednik just after the lockout. And then obviously this year has been bad for it.
0: Yeah. I don't know if there's anything we can attribute to it other than bad luck. Like, I don't know if changes in equipment, you know, guys are more confident when they have more padding on than they did back in the day to not um, control their flailing limbs as much. I don't know. It's hard to say. Well,
1: like if you took a skate blade from a skate today and compared it to back in the day, it's like comparing a katana to a butter knife. But, but um, at
0: the same time, they the said speed that that's, the game, I think. that's what helped Ike's cut not be as bad as it could have been. They said because it was so sharp, it was a clean cut. I'm sorry Mm -hmm. to get graphic, but like, I mean, that's how these things work. Like if it was a shitty dull skate blade, like back in the day, it probably would have done more damage. But yeah, I guess the speed does account for it. If somebody goes down, they have more likely a higher chance to, uh, you know, have a leg fly up than they would if they're going half the speed. So Mm -hmm. Eh, it's freaky, freaky, deaky, deaky. This is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, Bow, wow, the
1: fans, wow, 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 Sonny, wow, wow,
0: Peter, wow. and Dardy on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. All Alrighty, welcome back, welcome back, Leafs Late Night, where it's never too late for the Leafs, presented by Inside the rink where you can get all of your fun nhl news updates and stats on all the players all the teams there's many different podcasts for all the teams you follow and articles on all the goings on so head on over and check it out you also got merch you can go and get yourself a national beanographic shirt that i spent so much time designing <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful it took me months and months to uh, come up with it and All of a couple hours to put together, so please support us. Buy yourselves a National Bina graphic shirt or a Leafs late night tote bag, also available now. So we had some interesting news come out today. Obviously, Leafs goaltending has been in flux. There's been people hurt, and we've had money guys take the net this year. But the news today was that a fifth locker was added So we have Martin Jones, we have Ilya Samsonov, we had Dennis Hildeby, we have Joseph Wall, who is now practicing again, and Matt Murray. Where's my (coughs) button? Not even that one. Bigger. Guys, Matt Murray. This was like Lupo slash Robidow Island. We thought this was... Tuck him away for the year. Let the contract run out. He'll be fine after 12 months of rehabbing. That's how it's going to go. But lo and behold, he's back. We don't know how back he is, but uh, it seems he could be taking practice soon.
1: Holy shit. Yeah, it, it would definitely be a surprise, especially when you have, you know, the lower body history that he has in that position. But it's definitely doable. And I think it... If I remember correctly, I think it was Marty before the season called it that he'll pull a Akusha off and come back for the playoffs, didn't he?
0: I mean, look, we'll take it. I I think, but it opens up an interesting conundrum here where you don't have the money to activate him, even if he is healthy. Like, yeah,
1: but there's a lot of time to for him to have to rehab. Like you, you figure he's probably this is probably the first time he's been putting skates back on. Oh, yeah, he might not play this season.
0: It, it's it's definitely a giant question mark. But look, with the, the medical staff that we know the Leafs have, look at that Amazon documentary when we saw Muzzin hooked up to a literal electronic bone-mending machine. Like, these guys will get him back as fast as they can, I think, unless they really don't want him to come back as fast as they can. But look, it opens up the opportunity to potentially move somebody if he's going to come back and Wall's going to come back. And like you, you literally have too many goalies.
1: Who do you keep? Well, with, with the injury history that we have, do you have too many goalies? Um, well, if they all come, if they're all (laughs) healthy at the same time,
0: yeah, you do have a problem because you're going to have to wave somebody.
1: Well, yeah. So realistically with, with how it's been going, I don't think you could, I don't think you would want to gamble with anything more than Joseph Wall and Elias Samsonov. Maybe you hope Jones clears waivers and you can send them down. See, I don't think Um,
0: Jones clears waivers anymore. I think a couple months ago he would have, but because of the opportunity he's gotten and what he's shown, like there's a lot of teams looking for at least a backup that would grab him.
1: With his last handful of games, though, I don't know. Because I'm not saying he's been horrible, but he's been been regressing back to the mean. It's fair.
0: But again, people I think are more likely to take somebody that they've seen play games this year than where he was at before, where it was just a kind of a roster move.
1: Yep. No, you're right. Um, Kyle
0: Dumas might want his revenge, you know.
1: (laughs) If Trey Living has balls of steel, he might try and like trade Sammy and activate Murray or something crazy like that. But I think that would be a crazy gamble. Like, I, I would love the story for Murray to be able to come back and, you know, potentially play really well for us in the playoffs if something happened, but you can't be expecting that.
0: We've got basically a week and a half for Wool and Murray both to get completely healthy and start playing games before the deadline for us to be able to make a confident decision here. So I don't think that's happening. Joseph Wall might come back, though. Like, that, that's a definite possibility for the next, you know, week or two, it seems. So, in that case, like, I'm still asking, do you waive uh, Martin Jones and risk it? Or do you trade Samsonov? Like, trade Jones? Like, what's the, what's the play? Because I don't know if you can carry the three of them and then you've got... Like, if you trust Hildeby to be, to be the backup in these emergency situations, he can be your third or fourth guy, like... He doesn't have to be the fifth at this point.
1: I agree with that. Um, I'm still a little pissed that Keith hasn't at least given him a game. Yeah, I don't know
0: why we keep bringing him here if he's going to sit on the fucking bench for games that like he could definitely be playing in. With how yeah, the Leafs like, have been it, keeping opponents to like less than twenty shots a game, especially when they don't trust their goaltender, let him have one of those. Like we've got Arizona and St. Louis, and like what's the other one? It was another easy game. but Anaheim on Saturday. Anaheim, exactly. Anaheim or the Coyotes? Let Hill to be play.
1: Yeah, no, I do agree. He needs to get a game in here and there. We need to see what we have. Um, it should have happened earlier in the season. But I, I don't want to get into coaching tonight. I've been doing that a lot lately. Yeah, it was a nice um, Yeah. But, like, I still think at the end of the day, Wall's probably our guy going forward so as long as he can you know show you or instill in you a little confidence that he has recovered from his injury to at least be what he was earlier this season then i don't think you need to do anything too drastic
0: no and i think really what this comes back to if you missed our last episode is the cupboard's pretty bare when it comes to what the leafs have to make any moves at the deadline so if you can turn one of these extra goalies into even a second round pick like that opens up a huge opportunity to bring in somebody for the bottom six that they desperately need like oh my god we're so happy that bobby mcmahon is the next is like the simon benoit of the forward group like great you're here and you're working reeves pack your shit mcmahon got your spot like this guy is playing his heart out and kudos to him but we need somebody like with a bit of experience back there to to keep it solid
1: well I, I think you need a little more structure really like McMahon Gregor, Holmberg, Robertson like we have guys who play this st- or who can play the style that you need to play in that bottom six. So if we're gonna be using assets, I don't know if we need to necessarily use assets to to reinforce that if everybody plays a little more structurally.
0: I just feel like they needed an anchor back there because it hasn't been camp and it's not domey. Like, I don't know. Somebody has got to really like drive that identity. Like, like tell the other two guys, like, this is what we're doing. You know,
1: Keith's not going to play them anyways, even if you go not get someone.
0: <sighs> I know.
1: Fuck. Like I just, tonight's th- the most, even I think I've ever seen the, lo- the ice time for any of the leaf games this season.
0: Well, and I mean, you're also trying to nurse the fact that two guys are coming off an illness and, couldn't even play the other day. So might be some of that working into it. So you can't even give them that much credit. Uh, What I do want to talk about with tonight though, is my God, the Leafs were a completely different team getting JT and Mitch back. Like they play so much differently when they're shorthanded their stars. Like, I mean, obviously Riley's still down,
1: but it was night and day. The team that, that hit the ice in the first period. They've always been like that though. Like right right from the beginning of this Matthews era, 100%. Like, it'd be this big storyline, oh, Matthews is down, how are the Leafs going to do? They're going to struggle to score, and then they go out and they put up four or five. Like, it's kind of similar to the Penguins. Anytime Crosby was out, people would worry and worry and worry, and Melkin and Latang and everyone else would step up, and there'd be no concerns. So I think that just goes to show that the players know how they're supposed to play. Like, if they played every game, like they played the St. Louis game. Now, unfortunately, I had to work super late that night, so I couldn't watch it that night. I had to watch replays. But that was one of their best games all season. Yeah. It like was. Stru- Structure wise. Like collectively as, a team, as right? a team, yeah. So they can do it, they just need to do it. And that's preparation and commitment and coaching. Yeah. I
0: mean, not to dwell too much on the coaching, but it does seem like there's. A strategy like he knows how to work with a certain format of team but as soon as these guys come back in like he he doesn't know what to do with them right now and it seems like I don't want to blame the rest of the guys for you know oh the stars are back let's phone it in because it literally seems like they're playing a different game and a different structure when these two guys get put back into it and it's a game that doesn't work and is proving it doesn't work the last month and a half so mm-hmm. I I don't know why we're not building on what works instead of going back to fucking anyway not to dwell on coaching like i said (laughs) um sammy tonight not good not great not bad not great
1: yeah not horrible but not great like a, a little bit of swimming he had a couple decent saves the one bomb on the power play late he he did get it with his glove but he couldn't hold on to it so like better than he was to start the season, but not how he was before the all-star break. If we wanted to.
0: Yeah. I'd say the only one that I'd like back from him is that second one. Uh The big rebound that ended up coming back and in, but really like the fact that the Leafs gave up a shorthanded goal and two power play goals. Like it's really hard to put any of it on him. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. They were bad. Like sloppy game tonight. I mean, the first period was obviously the worst. The second is all Austin Matthews. Like, I mean, obviously Mitch was setting him up and and everyone kind of feeds off of that, but it it seemed like in between those little spurts of Matthews scoring, like two minutes before he started scoring and two minutes after the team just deflated.
1: Yeah, and I, I couldn't help but think of previous comments between you and I when Matthews got his first goal, as you always like to say, if he's not scoring, what are we paying him? 12 million dollars for and it's like yep there's there's the scoring that we're talking about just walks in and and rifles it
0: he made that look so easy it didn't even look like he put anything on those shots it was just no celebration there it is I'm glad he at least smiled when he got the hat trick but like holy shit this guy was just (laughs) a mutant tonight he was scoring pissed this was like I can't believe that I have to do this alone scoring That was the look on his face. Like, fine, I'll do it.
1: (laughs) It, You're not wrong. And then they got a little cute trying to find him for the fourth goal.
0: That was, oh, my God, Mitch, come on. Don't make a a six-inch pass. Like, you made it all the way there. Just take the shot. (laughs) Fuck.
1: He already has the hat trick. What are you doing? I could get it if it was like he's going for the double hat trick or like Sittler's point record or something like that, but it's four for just in a, a four goal. In a game
0: against Philly in February, like don't do this. Yeah, Ugh. no, exactly. But some sloppy penalties, I mean, in the offensive zone, like what is Bertuzzi doing? Gio with the the embellishment there. I do want to get to that, but. Like just just some bad penalties. and they got away with murder before, too. like there were two missed high sticks that they they showed replays of. like, oh my God.
1: Yeah, the like I don't blame anything on the officiating, definitely not for this game. Um, it was bad play and bad structure by the Leafs that caused that allowed the comeback. But yeah. um like Gregor's penalty okay, yeah, he shouldn't have done it, but Sanheim probably could have got brought. Yeah, you know, that kind of situation. You take both of them or you take neither of them.
0: Yeah, Philly is really embracing the Broad Street Bullies again this year. Holy. Like, that well, fight. Benoit, coach. Like I know. I know. Um, but that that thing with Benoit, I don't understand how it's not an instigator. Like, if you hit a guy and another guy comes in and shoves you into the boards, you can't go anywhere and then he starts hitting you? Like, is that not an instigator yeah.
1: penalty? Deloria got the instigator. Not on the the did he? Hmm. Oh,
0: okay. Then I missed that. I thought that went without one.
1: Yeah. No. He definitely got the instigator for that one.
0: Okay. Good. Um. The other one, the embellishment on Geo,
1: like that was
0: probably the most embellishment embellishment call. But I do think that they need to be a little more consistent. Like, if you're going to call embellishment ever, then call it like
1: on oh, Tim we- Stutzel. We can't
0: say people are good at drawing penalties. We, we can't use the term drawing a penalty if there's also a penalty for embellishment. Like if someone taps your foot and you fall down and they get called for tripping, like you're telling me that guy couldn't have stayed on his feet if he wanted to, if he really wanted to keep going? No, he went down because he drew a penalty because that's how hockey is
1: played. That's what we call drawing a penalty. Well, yes and no. There's definitely people who are better at it. Like t- Tim Stutzel, for example, he is a notorious diver to the point that he's got a reputation for it now. And then you go to the other end of the world, the best player in the world, Connor McDavid, draws, I think he's in the, like the bottom five or ten in the league for penalties drawn, which is absolutely asinine.
0: Oh, and I mean Crosby went through the same thing. And I mean Matthews has gone through it. It's hard for the stars to draw penalties because the refs, I think, just figure that they're always going to be chopped out. If you're gonna start calling everything, then you're gonna it's just gonna be nonstop. But what I like okay, I'm not against diving, getting called if there is no contact and they're trying to make something out of nothing. But if there is a penalty on the other side, like if it's a a hooking call and embellishment this is a bad example because honestly geo did sell it like if you're what they try to call is you're showing the ref something and trying to do their job by being like oh look he hooked me it's like yeah i see he fucking hooked you you don't need to act it out i'm not blind i was going to call it but because you did that you insulted my intelligence and i'm going to send you to
1: like that's what it feels like to me yeah but players would be a lot less apt to try something like that if the calls were actually getting made exactly
0: this is my point is like you can't call embellishment when your officiating is so shitty like it's so inconsistent and like not even like department of player safety aside like just in-game refing calls like we saw like i said two high sticks missed and then they're gonna call embellishment on this it's like You have missed things in this game. I need to make sure that you saw this happened. Fucking sue me. Like, I I just... It's in theory and on paper, it makes sense. But in the context of how this game is actually officiated, it's almost impossible to call it accurately.
1: Well, especially with the speed of it.
0: Yeah, and it comes back to all of it or none of it. Like... You know, it's it's same with like this offside review thing, like review all of them or none of them. You know, the the Matt Duchesne thing it needs to just be an outlier at this point. Like I'm so done with this.
1: It it should be an outlier, but it also never should have happened in the first place. Exact Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> just put a tracker in the puck. I'm not I'm done with wasting time. Like,
1: it's so frustrating. Anyway, they have trackers in the puck, but they can't. You start using them accurately because then they wouldn't be able to call goals back against the Leafs when it fits their narrative. <laughs> uh, against the Lightning, money. against the Panthers, like it it it's happened to us.
0: Yeah, that one that Morgan Riley definitely scored. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. I need to breathe, 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 <laughs> breathe. I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, pretty. pretty. Pretty, pretty, Why? pretty good. It's my new meditation button. It gives me 10 seconds to just collect myself and feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to use that for. That wasn't what it used to be for. Um, but let's use it, what it for what it is actually for. Who was pretty good tonight? Um, well, if you take the
1: obvious out of it. As we try to do with this segment. I, I'm going to have to say Lily. We were shitting on him the other night. And you know what? He's so far, he's actually stepped up pretty well in Riley's absence.
0: It's been, yeah. Okay. That's fair. I'll give him, this game was good. The last one was bad. And people were saying it wasn't. And I'm like, you didn't watch him then. Um, I'm going to give it to Caber because he has really been the one that's had to step into Riley's role and take the most minutes on. And going in in overtime like that like he's not the person that you would think the Leafs are going to play there but because of where you know Brody and Geo and Lily's play has been Timmins is out like who like we don't have a puck moving defenseman he's like the next closest thing so the fact that this guy's kind of stepping out of his element and still holding it together like I I don't know I think I give it to McCabe
1: Lily's definitely a little more of a puck mover, but he definitely has not been playing the greatest this season.
0: Yeah, So I that's think why he, I had to
1: kind of give the show to him.
0: No, and I get that. I just think for as far as overtime went, he doesn't have Keefe's trust right now to take that spot.
1: Which is a little surprising because like they were pointing out on the broadcast too, Lily's basically his entire time in North America, he's had Sheldon Keefe as his coach. As his coach eight straight years.
0: Yeah, and I feel like, guys can fall in and out of favor right like you make a couple mistakes and they start benching you. we've seen that with a lot of guys with keith like i mean he was laying into nice tonight and sat him for a shift like that one goal was his fault so Mm -hmm. 100 percent. yeah i mean it's it's one of the things that i will give keith he's not afraid to especially now that dubas is gone he hasn't been afraid to to sit guys for shifts and and say how he feels without walking it back but uh yeah yeah
1: yeah, Otherwise, but if he did it more often, it might actually have an effect. Like, if he yeah. actually did it when someone deserved it, not just when you're trying to shut the media up.
0: Well, it seems like he still can't talk about Mitch, but, you know, that's another story in itself. Uh, over time, though, William Nylander, thank you, sir. King saves the kingdom, as I said, because, uh my God, someone needed to. It was like the deserve to win a meter was shifting too far the other way. Like, honestly, it was never in the Leafs favor, except for like that span between the first and third goal that Matthews scored. Uh, Other than that, I think like they were playing pretty sloppy and, and Philly took advantage of it a lot. Sammy saved their asses on a few breakaways that happened. Turnovers out the ass again. Like I just, Oh, Willie, thank you for putting it home. Core four. Let's do it.
1: Well, you even all of them in overtime, like Marner and Matthews, they're. I think they're starting to kind of realize that. Okay, you know what? The glory would be nice to get the goal, get the beautiful play, but they're trying to be a little smarter when they're trying to go for it. Because especially with three on three, if you miss the net, like it's pretty much a guaranteed goal the other way, right? Because you're always outnumbered.
0: Which is interesting that they let Nylander shoot it because he is notorious for either scoring or. Missing the net entirely, so good on him for hitting that.
1: Yeah, but he also had nobody on him.
0: No, but that never matters. <laughs> you kidding me? Like if that was if that was the case, soccer would have every ball go in the net all the time. Players choke when they have wide open nets. Uh, no, but honestly, Nylander and and Not Arner... Ricky Greg. We'll <laughs> 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 come back to that in a sec um i think it, it, from coming back from an illness like marner and jt both had pretty good uh games marner especially i didn't notice jt as much but marner with matthews they were really buzzing um matthews mm-hmm. definitely missed his buddy he was not as not as uh, noticeable offensively it was just him and newlander the other night so it was good to see back but uh with ridley Grieg, did you see someone broke down like other types of um wide open net shots you could do instead
1: Oh no, I didn't see that.
0: Oh my god. I'll uh I'll maybe try and find it for the end, but it was uh he had one like the canoe where you, you're coming in and you sit on the puck and like ride it into the open net.
1: Uh <laughs> oh, Tiger Williams.
0: Or um if you're you're coming in and the you stop it on the line and wait for the defender to get close and then oh I almost had it and tap it in. <laughs> Just like every one of them I'm watching, I'm like, these are all gonna get you jumped in an alley <laughs> after the game. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Speaking of, did you hear Torts' comments on it? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, so they asked Torts about the situation, which is interesting because I thought you know it's already Thursday. I don't know why we're asking what John Tortorella thinks of this from Saturday, but
1: what what do you whose side do you think he's on? Um, from what I've seen in the past of Torts, I think he would probably be on. Riley side like you don't do that type of thing you would be correct and his
0: stance was basically that um without naming names but everyone in the comments is like wow that was very obviously against one of the two Um, he goes on to say that a lot of the young guys are moving up the ladder too quickly and thinking that they deserve more respect than they have and they're surrounding themselves with entourages that are hyping them up too much and making them think that they're bigger than than the than they are and and guys think that they're stars before they actually have anything to prove it and i'm like holy shit this dude is ripping ridley creek a new one
1: (laughs) well he he hated uh wasn't it like the the zegris and oh yeah sunny milano goal oh yeah like the michigan pass or whatever the hell they're calling it like he was ripping that because i think he was a panelist at that point was he not
0: yeah, he was. That was his panelist year before. They were like, "Okay, you uh, you are out of touch. <laughs> we're gonna go a different direction." Thanks for trying, though. Oh my god, yeah. I can't spell Ridley Grieg. Like, oh, like I, no I guess D, that's why.
1: On one hand, I guess you don't want to pull like a Patrick Stefan, but yeah, we, we talked about it the other day. You still can't do that.
0: Um, he said, "I guess." The thing with the young athletes is sometimes you have to wait your turn, right? As far as gaining respect and not wanting everything right now and not expecting everything right now. As far as ice time, as far as your contract, whatever it may be, sometimes it's good to just wait your turn and earn it. I think that's where athletes have changed. They have entourages around them that I think direct them the wrong way. The hierarchy of a room, the hierarchy of what it is to be a pro, the process you have to go through as a pro I think has lost a little bit with the athlete now, and it's something I miss terribly in being in the league for so long, seeing where it's gone now. Great athletes, great skill, great speed, but the mental and understanding what it is to be a pro and respecting the National Hockey League, that's where I have some struggles. Holy shit, Torts. Well said. That's somebody <laughs> who I just said, out of touch and removed from the panel, just dropping bombs. Oh. Meanwhile, did you see the Morgan Cryley shirt?
1: Oh yeah, the one you posted in our group chat?
0: Yeah, so it's um, actually a here somebody posted it in the Leafs Reddit it's actually a friend of a friend, I'll say who uh, is the one who makes these, which is pretty funny where's my button? how do I share the screen? how do I share my screen? share screen if y'all haven't seen this, so a, um, if you know, um, Brian believes who does all the, the doodles and comics and drawings of leaf games, there is um uh, doodle and Daryl who basically does the same thing for the Sens, And he made this shirt. So on our side, we've got Joey Firk making motorious and they made Morgan Cryley. <laughs> like get the fuck out of here. It's so good. And like the NHL posting the, um, Valentine's Day card that says with like Ridley Greig that says, I'll shoot my shot. Like <laughs> it's honestly, I like what it's done for the entertainment of the game. Like it's gotten people talking about the right things. And yeah, Um on the other side of it, I guess we could talk about the NHLPA appealing Morgan Riley suspension today, which is something that Souther and I said, we probably wouldn't see happen just because it's five games. I mean, it's usually takes that long of a process anyway, but
1: well, if it means apparent, he gets some money back, apparently, Drag yeah, because he needs the money. Yeah, um, but that's what the NHLPA cares about. Dragger was saying that Batman's expedited the process.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Apparently, so they're thinking that it if it does get, you know, dropped at all, then he might be good to go for. I think they said Wednesday's game. So that would end up being what three games? It'd be a four-game one. Four.
0: Okay. So even if he misses four games and Bettman reduces it to three, he would get the money from that fourth game back, which is, yeah, you know, what the PA wants to do, because, you know, it's their job to have a resume that they've always fought for their guys. And you know what? Marty Walsh is having a good year, so I'll let him keep going for the dubs. So we might have Riley back. Is that the Anaheim game? I, for, I know who we're playing. Sorry, no, Anaheim's Saturday.
1: Wednesday should be Arizona
0: yeah, Monday's Blues, Wednesday's Arizona
1: yeah, it would be nice
0: to have him back before we go Golden Knights, uh, Avalanche Golden Knights, so he gets like some reps in after missing a week, but wishful thinking we'll see
1: uh, anything else happen, any other things,
0: what else is going on
1: um I've I've been really swamped at work so I haven't been falling much more than the Leafs lately Well, we talked last night about everything's picking up in the league a little bit.
0: We talked last night about LA um, being on an absolute downfall. Uh, They lost seven nothing the other day. I mean, uh, we looked at the numbers. They've they're not as bad as you would think. Like they have they've lost. I think, I think they've won four of. 12 or something. Like it's not good, but it's the way they're losing. Like seven nothing, five one. Like they're getting absolutely caved in. They can't score. They have no goaltending. Like it's that's kind of the story right now, at least for for me. Dallas just beat Nashville nine to two. Holy frig. Ooh. And Jamie that's- Ben has donuts. Thanks, you useless plug. Ugh. <laughs> Anytime I'm looking for for news, it's just go to fantasy and something will pop up. But yeah, nine blank
1: the Sabers four
0: 4-0. Yeah, St. Louis beat Edmonton six to three. That's pretty embarrassing.
1: Yeah, thanks Skinner. Yeah, jerk. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I think that's it then. We'll just keep it a quick one, and then we'll be back on Saturday, and uh, you know maybe we'll have more of the gang and do a full uh, play some games. Cool. I th-
1: I th- I think that works
0: deal. All right, we out of here. Uh, if there's a game that you want to have us play, send in some requests, we'll uh, do some, I'll, I'll write a couple and you can pick your faves. Cool, cool.
1: Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LeafsLateNight, your and night
0: of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Man, TikTok is crazy. I'm just ending on this. Okay, algorithm-wise, I have, for, this, for our show, our Instagram is at 500 and something followers. I posted a reel. It got six plays. Okay? In that same amount of time, I posted that same thing to TikTok where we have six followers and it got 1,200 plays in that same five-minute span. I do not (laughs) understand that fucking algorithm on TikTok. It is nuts.